The Runner's Diary Podcast with Brian and Damien. News, results, and interviews from the cork running scene and beyond. Welcome to the Runner's Diary, episode 38. I'm Damien. And I'm Brian. On this week's show, we will have all the latest news, all of last week's results, upcoming fixtures. And our interview this week is with Kieran O'Leonard, the Levy legend. That's all to come on this week's episode of the Runner's Diary Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the show episode 33 um brian is recovering from his day of running around videoing everyone down in in carrigaline at the eagle ac race which we'll come to later brian how are you oh, i'm good yeah good week again uh good to be back um a few good events as we know happened over the last few days with the podcast uh one of them of course being our lovely new hats yes so right so the hats were officially released today so from Glenmire to Carrigaline to the top of the Galtys, the Hats have had a very busy first day today. So we have pictures flying left and right and centre from us. You know, we sold out of the first batch that we got, which we did, which we expected to last us a month or two. <laughs> so we sold out of them. We have, for everyone to know, we have another 20 ordered, um, which should be due to us in the next week or so. Actually, the funny thing, I think, is when we spoke about this a week or two, we were like, I don't think anyone will buy the hats. Did we know yeah. buy a hat? And I swear to God, even though in the race this morning, if I had 30 hats on me, I think I would have sold them. No bother. There was people coming up and, you know, I had a few on me, but they're obviously promised to people. So apologies to those who did ask me. But look, as Damon said, there's more on the way. Um, yeah, there there was a funny... a... sorry, go on. I you know, just quit on your... There was a funny thing happened today as well about, you know, obviously two of the, the race uh, prizes were hats. And um, I believe one or two people may have had possession of the hats before. But one <laughs> one person came up to me and said, I have a hat, but I've been strongly warned that I'm not to put it on before one came to the... <laughs> so, uh, Andy knows who he is. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there, there was a few handed out a little bit, but nobody was allowed to wear them to the Eagle. Um, winners of the competition had them on their heads first, so they were the most important yeah. people, so they got them on them first. No, there but, was um, one other person who got a hat on today as well. No, I know, as I said, you they struggled to fit your head, but uh, Mark Smith did manage to get his head into the hat, so uh, that's another thing that he's won over you now as surprised. well. I, I'm surprised that he, although with his ego is not uh, that big at the moment, so he it, no wonder why he fitted him at the moment. <laughs> um, right, the hats, the hats just before we go, the hats will be available as well on the Go Team Sports um, website, um, which we will be launching hopefully next week. So just keep an eye on our social media for that as well. And I think the one thing to add, and I know we've said this before, is that uh, there is, uh, from any sale on the website as well, as anything, anyone that's bought them in person, there is a contribution going to our charity as well. Correct, yes. And, um, you know, we have our, we, we are going to come to next. So we'll break into that. So obviously people will have seen this week, this week as well, that we've announced our um, second fundraiser for the 12th of March and it's for the Cork City missing um, search, missing missing persons and the Mallow Search and Rescue. So just reason we picked these two charities is because, you know, I, I think like Brian is obviously down, you know, that neck of the woods down by Breen, Mallow and all that area. And we wanted to kind of support local charities. So we kind of wanted one down that that area and I, we wanted one up in the city area then as well. So. There are two charities that do absolutely Trojan work and who get no support from the government at all. So everything is fundraising. So 
I've had a chat with a few of them during last week and I'll be talking to them again this week. But I think, you know, they're very excited about this. Uh, it's going to be a great event. Brian, if you want to give a little bit of the details there of the day first. Yeah. So, again, similar to those who attended, you know, we had great, great attendance at our first one there held in the Marina Market. Uh, back in December, we raised great money that time for uh, the Penny Dinners, uh, which went down very well again. And I think those in attendance enjoyed the day out. Uh, the good news this time is, I suppose, first of all, the venue. So we're using uh, the Clayton Hotel Silver Springs as our host venue this time. And I'll explain that that's where people can park up and decide where they want to run. So again, we closer to the time, we'll give probably times maybe. Of, and again, we'll encourage listeners maybe to you know, post to the page. Uh, we'll create an event on on this as well. Um, but again, if people are starting off at eight or eight thirty or whatever it may be, and you know the distance that they're probably doing, um, and it would be great if if other people came along and maybe like the last day I I ran with people I had never ran with before, and it was good to kind of get to know people a bit better. So that's an opportunity as well. But again, look, we'll announce the times. Uh, that's the meeting point. There's a couple of options, I suppose, in terms of running routes. Um, obviously. You know, it's fairly good ground to go back into the city direction and take your way out through, you know, the marine again in Black Rock area if you want to con- continue that type of run. There's also good running uh, in the Glanmire direction now, so you can head that way. Um, so plenty of options. Um, so afterwards, we decide a time, but it will probably be maybe 9.30ish or 10. Maybe we'll, we'll decide that a bit closer to the time again of, you know, the time to gather back again. Um, very kindly, and I think this is an incredible gesture, Um um, Silver Springs Hotel, Clayton Silver Springs Hotel, um, and Tracy Newman, who I want to give a huge shout out to, um, has very, very generously offered to sponsor the event as well um, and give uh, free teas and coffees and pastries even. Oh, geez. So there'll be people coming for all that stuff. Um, she's already told me that there's a section going to be set aside for us on the day. So judging by the response in the last two days, um, it's huge. I think we're going to have a very, very big crowd. It's all for a good cause again. Um, as Damien said earlier, and I'm sure we'll come up with a few other gimmicks before no. Yeah, now and so then. I, I'm going to announce one of the gimmicks today. All right, which uh, which I'm really hoping that will help drive um, the fundraiser for us. So just so that people know, we are actually act- actively looking at the best way to do this. We are, we are going to have an online option for people to donate this time. We're just looking at the best way that, you know, some of them charge quite a lot. So we're trying to reduce that down. So we will be detailing that at the end of this week. So Here's the deal. Myself, Rory O'Hagan and Brian, but Brian doesn't know yet and we're going to come to this in a minute, are all going to do a little, um, what would the word be now, um, punishment I'd say is it, or which is uh, encouragement for everybody. So if we raise over 2,000 euros, all right, for the charity, Rory O'Hagan is going to get his chest waxed. Okay, so that's over two thousand euros. If we raise over two and a half thousand euros, Rory O'Hagan is going to get his 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 chest waxed, and Damien me is going to get his legs waxed. Now the last one: if we raise over three thousand euros, Brian is going to get something which we don't know yet because he doesn't have enough hair to get waxed. No we, there's, been, there's, there's been threatened of hair getting hair dyed and stuff like that and you know different colors something like that but i'm going to we're going to put it out there we're going to ask people for something for brian to do but it has to be raised over three thousand euros 
And that would be the three of us then getting the whole lot of it. So 2,000, 2,500 and 3,000 euros are our main targets. So we and these will all be done on video, by the way, and put out on YouTube for everyone to have a good laugh off it. So the more people donate, the more pain is going to be, you know, enforced onto three of us. All right. So that is the case. We're going to renounce it fully this, uh, by the end of the week as in how to donate and everything like that. So get thinking, lads. We need a, we need something for Brian just to get, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I actually don't know yet myself either, to be honest with you. I did say actually to Rory, I said, maybe we'd get the hair from Rory's chest and the hair from my legs and make a wig for you. There you uh, go. Sorted. <laughs> so I'll go, go with that. I'll wear the wig for the, for the morning. So, yeah, so that's it. Look, I, I think, don't remember signing up for this in our contracts that we agree with each other there. No, and I'll let this kind of no, carry on. But it's going to happen. This is the deal. And if we were to raise 3,000 euros, by the way, it's 50-50 between the two uh, charities as well. So that's straight down the line. And again, district as well district health and leisure will be there on the day as well and they will be you know we, we, we might get a few day passes out of uh, Gemma as well who's been very kind to us in, in the last few months and lastly the I, I know the lads are hoping the charities are hoping to have people up there to talk through as well you know what work they do and everything like that so and you know I'm, I'm working on one other thing at the moment which I think could be very good so Great day, lads. I think everyone should get behind it. I think it's two, two brilliant charities. So, you know, keep an eye on our social media page. Um, but the 12th of March is the most important thing. And put that into your diary and, you know, start saving the pennies now for us because, you know, we really want to see Brian be punished. Right, we better move on. So, move obviously, on. a hot topic from last week was Nipplegate. So, yes. Uh, we talked about nipples very briefly last week and we put it out there and we even had a poll. Uh, so the man in question again, we mentioned him a lot, but it was Rory O'Hagan again, uh, was the man behind the nipple problem. Uh, we put a poll up there Friday, so Vaseline was one, plasters was another, um, and there was other mentioned as well. No, I don't know what, there was one or, people, one or two people voted other. I don't know what the other was, but... That's what's going to happen to him in the one time. Yeah, yeah. No, I was very surprised. Um, Vaseline won out, I think about 60% of the votes came in for Vaseline and um, I would be more of a plasters man myself, mm-hmm. um, but I did see a few others go plaster, so I'm not alone there obviously, but yeah, so I think we had one very interesting suggestion was that you got a message in for someone, some special Yeah, I did um, Some kind of special pads for the nipples or something like that, but anyway We'll leave, we'll send all the suggestions on to Rory. Yeah, no, in fairness, in fairness to Kevin Gleese, he did send in something that he uses. Um, so I, I, I sent it on to him. So hopefully that uh, Rory will use that. But look, he'll be as smooth as a baby in a, in, a, in a few weeks' time, so he won't need to worry about it. Right, we'll move on quickly. This is a big show, so we still have a couple, right? So this week, obviously, or yeah, today we had the Eagle race. So we want to congratulate uh, Caroline Gordon and Brendan White, who won the entries for um, the Eagle AC race. And, you know, it's a great competition. I know the hats were given out as well. I don't have names yet of who they were given out to, but, you know, hopefully the two people who did win them are very happy with them. And if they want to send us on pictures, please do. We'd be delighted. Um, so, again, we're going to have another competition this week for a race that is, you know, I think a, a fantastic race, a, a race I've done a lot of a lot of years, I know you've too, you've done it as well, Brian, is the Mallow 10 on March the 26th. So Mallow have been in touch with us and um, they, we've, we've joined together and we're going to do another competition this week again for this. Um, 
fan, oh, look, I love this race. It's a fast race. It's you know, it's not that far from from our houses. Weather usually is very good for it. Um, very strong field. You know, definitely sign up as soon as you possibly can. But if you you know if it does run out, you have a chance of winning two entries. So here's all you have to do: just share this week's podcast and mention which body you would like to run the race with. It's going to be as simple as that. And um, so, so share share the podcast and comment yeah. on the on the the link we put out. Uh, with your buddy that you want to win with you, I suppose is yeah, what we're saying. That's yeah. it. And again, just like Damien said, I'm a big, big fan of the Mallow 10. I ran it obviously several years now. No, we, we've said plenty of times on this podcast that there's not enough longer distance races. Well, this is a longer distance race and it's a quality race. It's well organized, fantastic setting. They changed it there last year to the Mallow Castle. You know, an incredible setting for anybody who hasn't been there to, to see that the grounds there alone and where it sets off from. And it's a very fair course overall. So highly recommend people take it on yeah so sign up no and because there is limited entries so you know get your name in fast but if look if you want to hold off and try to win this then just share the comment or share it and yeah name your running buddy yeah and again for anybody who wants to enter the model 10 uh, you can check out their social media pages or go on to eventmaster.ie and check out the model 10 uh, race and again it's well worth doing so that's it that's for this week's competition uh some other brief news as well uh before we get into the results so as you may have seen park run junior events are expanding more and more so some new uh, venues coming up so grand Vahar is one ballon lock is a second and toker is a third so that's three new venues on the way now park run Ireland have put out a, a message to everybody to see if they can support it so if you can support these events or in the area to support these events and um, you can email john dot kassan that's k-i-s-s-a-n-e-e sorry k-i-s-s-a-n-e at parkrun.com so that's john dot kassan at parkrun.com and if you just want to help out there with the junior parkruns yeah no um always a great event anyway So we move on to results, which look, there's a few results we're going to fly through this because we have the, our big interview coming up, which is a, a, a nice long interview as well. So we're going to try to fly through a lot of this. So um, past guest, Darren McInerney, again, took another victory um, in a championship record in the uh, the national indoors in a time of 7.49.18 for the 3K um, with a, an amazing 25 second for the last 200 meters like I've seen the video of it it was oh. just an incredible kick incredible um, it's, you know he's just on top form at the moment and it is fantastic to see so well done to Dara there very good um, also look there was a huge number of uh, athletes that we know and known to many on the local scene here who seemed to run in several races throughout Europe this weekend um, the two big ones were in uh, Barcelona and Seville today um, and again many many club mates that we know uh, we saw results popping through um, as you'll hear in the interview after as well with Lizzie Lee you know she mentioned Ryan Creech's performance so you know what an incredible performance for debut marathon um, and again he recently winner of the, the Rahini five miler uh, Ryan made his debut marathon today in a time of two hours 30 minutes and three seconds so that's some debut mm, some, and he and I was on him briefly afterwards and he was just saying that he actually thought he was on for sub 2.12.30 but his watch just went mental um, so he was his words were he's slightly disappointed 
And I was like, slightly yeah. disappointed. It's your debut marathon. That is an incredible time. That is something you new. Know, like, like, he's always been on that, you know, pedestal anyway. But that yeah. is just, you know, put it to a different level now altogether. So think, congratulations yeah. to Ryan because gentleman is what he is. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. I've, I spoke to him very briefly as well before. I think, unfortunately, I, I think I heard, overheard someone say something today that I think he just misses out on the World Championships qualifying time by a couple of seconds only. So maybe that's some of the disappointment. Look, for Ryan, I think injury-free, fingers crossed, um, the world's his oyster if he can get a good run. Oh, he's, been, he's been unlucky with injuries over yeah. the last couple of years. 100%. Of course, again, the Barcelona half was on today. And again, plenty of runners we know um, seem to be popping up all over the place with results today. Uh, you know, a former guest and host on one of our podcasts and friend to Manny, uh, Aoife Cook, had an incredible run today. And again, after the disappointment of Rahini when it quite didn't go her way, she got back at it today and... Uh, was first Irish runner home in ninth place overall in a great time of 71 minutes and eight seconds. So powerful run by Aoife. Yeah, she was delighted with it. Um, you know, it's a great race, as she said. Look, herself, she's, you know, after the ups and downs of the last kind of pretty much year and stuff like that, it has been an incredible run again from her. And, you know, Barcelona seems to be a good spot for her. She ran very well as well last year. And to finish ninth overall is a fantastic run. So, yeah, well done, Aoife. Yeah, a big standout from that race, actually, um, and it, hopefully it all goes well, was the performance of the Irish women there. So Aoife, as I said, was ninth, but we had four Irish women in the top 17. So you had Anne-Marie McGlynn in 11th place, just slightly behind. Aoife's time was 111.08. Anne-Marie McGlynn, 112.35 in 11th place. You had Grace Lynch, uh, 113.52 in 15th place. And Courtney Maguire in, in 17th place in a time of 114.03. So that was four Irish women in the top 17. So... Great performance there by all, all. Yeah, yeah, and it's a great place to race. So well done to everybody there, and well done to the Irish women putting on a yet again another strong show. So with that, we'll move on to the results closer to home. Um, we start with the park runs, which was on Saturday. We're just going to go through the quickest. Um, or sorry, the, the first cross the line in each area. So we'll start with Cork, where um the fastest. The, First made across the line was John Lanigan from St. Finbars in a time of 1708 in Chamorro Valley. So congratulations to John, who I know is a listener to the show. So well done, John. And, you know, I know you'd won a park run before we started this show. So, you know, this you, you finally got your name out. So congratulations. Delighted for you. And the uh, first lay woman across the line was Carol Finn from Leeville, who took the first home overall in Mallow as well in a fantastic time of 1917. Yeah, great one by Carol, and I see she was back out at the Emmer race today as well, so ever-consistent Carol. And one very quick show, if it can be so uh, cheeky, is to mention Sandra Manning there, for your old club mate, who was first lady in Tremor Valley, so great to see Sandra back again. Um, so we'll carry on to Limerick next. Uh, in Limerick, the fastest time there was Michael Carmody from Ennis Track Club in a, in a fantastic time of 16.24. And for fastest female in Limerick was, I'll hopefully pronounce this one right. I know you left this one deliberately for me. <laughs> uh, Noria Visakaino Estrada. Uh, so Noria Visakaino Estrada in a time of 25th, or sorry, 2043. Beautiful. And, um, and then move on to Clare, where um, the first made across the road, across the road, across the line, was in Lees, Lees Road, which was Tommy Scanlon in the time of 1742. And the first female across the line was Katie Tron from Ennis Track Club in the time of 2257. And she was in the Val, Val de Lair, uh, Park Parkrun. 
to Tipperary. We go next. Uh, fastest male in Tipperary uh, was Gary Scully from the Enid Tri Club. Again, another great time in Templemore, 16.39. And the first female in Tipperary time-wise was Orla Byrne from St. Finbar's, 18.26. So obviously Orla travelled up to tip there yesterday. Yeah, and took to and took first overall as well in Clamwell. Um into Waterford, the in Tremore, you had Brian Gallagher in a time of seventeen thirty seven in the first across the line and the first female was Sarah Whelan from Clamwell AC in a time of twenty fifty four. To Kerry we go to next and the fastest times in Kerry were both recorded at the Tralee Park run. So Oshin Murray uh, in a time of seventeen thirty two was the strongest male there in Kerry. And in the females, it was Abby Stevenson from Spa Fennet RAC in a time of 2019. So that's a wrap on the park runs of Saturday. Yeah, so we'll learn all. So we move on to um, the racing for the weekend and we'll start in Tralee on Saturday. Um, so you did Tralee 10-mile road race, the Valentine race. Um, so that the winner was there, it was a well-known a runner in Cork Circles, Aidan Hogan, in a time of 101.31, with Simon O'Toole second in 101.48, and Danny O'Sullivan third overall in 102.47. And in the ladies, you had Mary O'Shea in a time of 108.11, taking the victory, with um, Rachel Hawker in a time of 108.12, so an unbelievably close battle there, but we only one second between them um, for second. And then Yvonne De- Degan, um, Filling up the podium in a time of one thirteen twenty three. Well done to everybody there. Uh, so we move forward to today, Sunday, Sunday's results. Um, so there was two very big races on Sunday in the Cork area. So obviously we had the trail run uh, in reward. We had the Mallow trail run. Um, and again, great event held there by the Mallow AC Club. And first male home there, as is often the case, was Nick Hogan. Uh, second, Dermot McNamara. And third, Mark Lenehan. And in the women's event, a lady again, who we keep saying is the lady we probably <laughs> mentioned more than anybody. Um, this time, it's Michelle Kenny taking first place in the Mallow Trail Run, followed by Jan Cochran and Mallow AC athlete Lorraine Bolster was third there. So again, well done to everybody involved in hosting that event. And a big shout out to Dara Wiley, who is the race director there. I know, I know the amount of work that Dara has put in in trying to push this one forward. So well done to Dara and team there in Mallow. Yeah, well done to all again. And then we move to uh, run the banner race series um, in Clare and uh, in Kilnaboy. So this was um, uh, in Rory Chesser from Ennis Track Club AC in the time of 18.43, took the win there. Chris, is it Yekin from Derrick AC was second in the time of 19.14 and Gary Scully from Ross's AC. Danny Gall was the winner, or it was in third place in 19.55. Now, this was a 6K, by the way, I should have said as well. Um, in the females, it was Amory um, Conlon from Ennis Track Club in a time of 22.54 and um, was the winner. And then it was Gronya Kelly from Ennis Track Club in a time of 23.44, took second place. And Inesh Kelly um, from Love to Run Running Club in a time of 24 minutes, uh, round out the podium um, there as well. Yeah, I've had the pleasure of meeting Rory Cheshire before um, at our own race. So a good guy again there. So well done to Rory. Um, next up is the Run Clare Spanish Point five mile road race. Um, and again, a huge 410 finishers uh, finished that race. So again, good to see those numbers. Uh, first home there was David Meehan in a time of 28.36, followed by Dara Hopkins 
in a time of 32.19. And third place was Frankie Collin in a time of 32.21. And in the ladies' event, Adele Fitzpatrick was first lady home in 34 minutes and two seconds. Katrina Killeen, second in 34.51. And Ida Smith in a time of 36.30 was third. So that was the Spanish point uh, five-mile road race there. So well done to everybody there again. Great attendance. And then we move on to, look, I'll say this selfishly, the, the biggest race of the weekend, um, which was the 34 Tommy Ryan Memorial um, Carraglane five-miler. Um, so total of 326 finishers. So a fantastic attendance. Uh, I know Karen and Rory, the race organisers, were absolutely thrilled with how it went. And, you know, the conditions were ideal, which we'll come to in a second, Brian, because, you know, you were down there yourself. So obviously the host club Eagle AC um, went off swimmingly. So we just go through the results there first. So in the males, um, first place was Pat Hennessy from West Waterford AC in a time of 25.42. And very closely behind was Donald Coakley of Leeville in a time of, sorry, my computer just went blank, 25.58. And in third place, his good friend and, you know, the man he likes to meet the most um, was John Mead from St. Finbars at a time of 26.37. So um, some great racing there by the lads. And then we move on to the ladies where, you know, it an unbelievable run from Lizzie Lee from Leeville in a time of 27.43, where she took home the course record as well. So unbelievable running there from Lizzie. Um, is it Jamila? Uh, Ab- sorry, no, uh, Abella. Um, in a time of 28.48 was in second place. And then Sharon Reen from Kilmurray um, Ibrick in North Clare AC in a time of 30.19 was in third place overall. So, Brian, how was it? Yeah, a great race. Look, I managed to catch up with Pat Hennessy there and Lizzie Lee. So let's hand over to them for the interviews there first. So I'm here with the winner of the Eagle Five Mile Road Race. Well done to Pat Hennessy from West Forward. Pat, how was the race for you? Ah, it went well. It was a very tough course in all terms, but uh, yeah, no, delighted to get good workout. And uh, I done the 5k in Armagh last week, and the intermediate, and I was just set to tackle a few club races. Um, so yeah, this is one of them. I'll very probably do a 10 mile next week. Very good, very good. You're racing on the Cork scene quite a lot as well. Ah, uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be around Cork, so working Cork, so. Very good, it is, very um, good. It is, yeah, supposed to an all the Yeah. Were you pushed at all today? I see Donald Coakley was behind you for a bit. Oh, geez, he pushed me to the very end, yeah. No, at last mile, just put it up, put up a bit of a gap, but up until then, it was, it was nip and tuck all the way. Very good. Look, well done on your win again, Pat. So I appreciate you uh, coming on to us again. So thanks a million. Talk to you soon again. Thank you. So here with Lizzie Lee, winner of the Eagle Five Mile Road Race. Well done, Lizzie, on a great win today. Thank you. I'm absolutely thrilled, and I left everything out there on that. I think I got 27.36 to try and get the bonus. Um, yeah, it was a hard day, but I am. Um, I'm overall, I am buzzing today because Ryan Creech, who was in my first ever Leeville session as a 16-year-old, is after running 2:13:03, um, and I rang Donny just before I went off for my warm-up, and he's buzzing, and it's his debut, and we're oh, and then Mary Sweeney tells me that Aoife Cook, who I was chatting to during the week, is after running 111, and it's just Cork running, hooray! Uh, so I'm quite glad, quite glad he wasn't here this morning. Yeah. <laughs> How did the race go for you? Were you pressed anywhere around or what way did it go? Um, not by females, but I was uh, 
cognizant the whole way around of the 250 euro bonus for sub 28 and I had told my little girls who were here beside us um, my mother-in-law lives in Carrigline um, that uh, I was going to try and break the 28 and get the money uh, with the promise of maybe some toys or something <laughs> later so um, we went through now, so. we decided fight, uh, Alfie had it all figured out Alfie Davis was going to pace me with it all figured out go slightly easier on the hills um, bank time on the flat and we knew the last K was down so and he was like you're psychotic enough that if you know you have to do a 315 last K you'll do it you know um, but I kind of never was never sure and they just kept being hills so but I was uh, I said what I what average 530 low 530s anyway um, I dropped Alfie and Dave actually and uh, Wieslaw was there and he kind of came along with me and I said I need to break 28 and he was like come on so um, so yeah it was good I was really strong on the hills today I'm delighted with that Joe O'Connor be thrilled you got a big chair now. coming over the lane I, know I did sure everyone, everyone wanted me to break the 28 yeah, yeah. I don't know if they thought I would or not uh, but I ran 27.19 in Rohini so actually this that's a big improvement I, I was only just back to training when we did Rohini and I went up for the team and we won the women's team so that's a big that, that's I'm much fitter than I was three weeks ago even because 27 that to pair, compare 27 36 and 27 19 in Rohini versus that I'm thrilled with that Brilliant. yeah yeah thanks for the right way. Okay, so great again to hear from Pat and Lizzie. And again, well done for Lizzie for sneaking under that 28 minutes and getting the, the bonus there as well. Um, look, an absolutely fantastic event. Um, as I drove into Carrigaline this morning, you know, it was obvious that there was something big happening. The car spaces were overflowing and uh, I tried my best to sneak my way in, but Finbar, Finbar wasn't having it. He, he directed me away to another spot. Yeah, anyway. and look, I, 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 and as you know, I had a few words with Karen and Rory. I was like, why... Poor Brian at his age can't get a media pass, you know. And <laughs> but they were having no, they just couldn't give it to Brian. So right, the walk, the walk did me good. Yeah, we, but uh, no, look seriously, hats off, superbly organised event. You know, plenty of stewards. You know, again, very obvious that there was a lot of work went into this. Plenty of stewards around. You know, plenty of people on bikes again, making sure traffic didn't become a problem. Um, good race, as you said. Look, everybody knows the race that it is. Slightly challenging course, but it is what it is. Um, great times there, great numbers. Um, I think you know, hats off again to Karen, Rory, and the full team there. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, there was a few little. You know, I was there to start line recording, as you said, and as the runners went off, I started talking to a few of your clubmates, and there's some very interesting stories actually came back to me um, from a few of your friends, we'll call them. <laughs> um, I was told to ask you about the Penguin Club. We don't um, talk about it. We, we don't, don't talk, talk about. The we don't talk like about the the Penguin Club, Clubs. No, we don't I believe. Uh, well, we won't have to go into it, but I believe you weren't allowed into it either because Correct. you 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 were wearing penny shorts and they're too short. I, I what, what it was actually short called, shorts. I, short shorts. I was wearing actually. I think one of them was all I was wearing kids shorts. Um, so you weren't allowed to you weren't allowed in, into this the penguin club if you wore normal racing shorts as I call them. <laughs> so you know the lads. I think were wearing nearly basketball shorts. So you know I. I, I, I would just don't talk about them. Okay, okay. We'll just let that hang. I'm out. still, I'm still, I'm still hurt. Yeah. No. Look again. Not to take from the event at all. Just a bit of fun there, but it was a really, really well. No, as you said, the conditions were great, which helped. Big difference to last year. And mm -hmm. um, the prizes, you know, again, hats off. There was category prizes, and um, even before the event, you know, I went back to the hall. Huge spread of food there. Uh, you know, plenty of volunteers. Actually, a shout out that I have to give to. We mentioned him last week on the show. And who was there serving tea and coffee today for the Eagle SC Club but Mark Gallagher. 
um, from Bear Racy. Yeah, so brilliant. You know, Mark, as we called out last week, had a bit of a a bit of an unfortunate accident in the Dungarvan 10, but he was back front and centre today, wearing his Bear Racy top proudly in the middle of all the Eagle people and serving away and worked his socks off like everybody has. Oh, and again, I got to give a shout out to, you know, while, while Karen and Rory and the team were busy, you know, collecting the results afterwards and putting things together. Mike McGrath was giving a, a bit of a speech and the amount of spot prizes even before the real prizes happened, mm-hmm. there was a bit of a kind of a, you know, who was the president of the US and all this type of stuff. And, you know, there must have been 20 things handed out before it even came to the prizes given. So really, uh, really, really well organized event. And oh, thank you for, for everybody. Is- yeah, and in fairness, Brian, you you've done a bit of a camera work. So if people can check out our YouTube channel, the Runner's Diary on YouTube, um, and if you can, please, can you get everybody to like and subscribe to the channel because that helps us greatly. So you know, if you can just get that out there. Yeah, actually, just on that topic, and I won't, I certainly won't be mentioning the person's name, but I got a few very drunken texts at two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> Saturday morning, going to Sunday, Saturday night, going to Sunday morning, we got it from we'll say a listener who discovered our youtube channel and thought it was great and said you got to start liking and sharing and subscribing like the real pros do it and you're telling me on how to do it so so as damon said like share and subscribe subscribe yeah, yeah. no look lads we're we, we we just want to promote running that's all we want to do so look a fantastic event well done to everyone well done to the eagle look i will give a big shout out to Karen and Rory. I know the amount of work they've done. I've seen it firsthand, you know, Trojan work the two of them put in. Endless hours. So enjoy a pint tonight, lads. And, you know, it's done now till May, till the next race. So well done. So with that, I think we'll move on quickly with the fixtures. And um, we start off with Sunday, the, we, sorry, in the park runs, obviously we'll have it on the Saturday the 25th. On Sunday the 26th, you have the Imra Torkwood Kerry um, trail run. On Sunday, uh, Sunday the 26th as well, you at 12pm, you have to play the big race in Cork of the day, is the Kinsale 10 mile race. Um, at 11am, you have the Killa GAA Club 4 mile road race down in Killa. Um, so that's another uh, lovely race down there. And then I think the biggest race in Munster of the weekend has to be the Londis Adair 10K, which is always an unbelievable run. I never run it, but I, it's one of these days I would love to get down to it. It's 1 p.m. start. It's sold out. Um, always fantastic. Always very fast. So, you know, some fantastic events on that day. Yeah, and we move forward again. So to Sunday, March the 5th, um, we have the Cork BHA MTU 5K. And again, that's a very good one. There was a question mark today. Was it going to finish on the track? Because obviously there's a bit of work. I don't know, has that started yet? But uh, um, we find out more anyway, obviously. So that's the Cork BHA MTU 5K in Bishopstown at 11 a.m. on March the 5th. And for IMRIP followers, the Bancha Woods Tipperary race is on there again. Um, so again, check out imra.ie. For more details on that one and again that's sunday march the 5th um, and i think we have the monster road championships coming up as well that day um, and that's at 12 p.m and again there's a v- the venues to be confirmed there so for more details check out our fixtures page again on the runnersdiary.com um, and that's just the next two weeks but there'll be plenty more coming up after that as well um, and if i can be bold again i'm just going to add that our own queen 5k a few people are asking me about that today um, we officially launched that next weekend. So if you're interested in running that race, um, this year all proceeds are going to our track development, um, which first saw it will be turned, I think, in the coming week 
it's a huge event for us to kind of try and get a mm. 200 meter track uh, in a small little club it would be a huge achievement so i'd really appreciate if people could support us in our endeavors there for that race yeah no definitely a great race and look again it's a very it's, it's always a fast well-supported race you know so well done to you, Brian. I, you know, in fairness, you, you you do put charge of work into it. Even though I, I didn't know you last year, but I I, I guess you do. The, I guess you do a lot of the work in here. Uh, so yeah. with that, we'll move on to our big interview. Um, so I've done this interview. I think it was a two weeks ago now with Kieran mm-hmm. Leonard. Um, Kieran was extremely generous with his time for me. Like we could have went on for longer, but obviously I had to be careful. We didn't want the interviews to go on too long. Um, so. It's roughly around the hour. Just so sit back, get yourself a cup of tea or coffee and, you know, enjoy it. He's, I can say it straight off, he is sitting outside for a lot of it in the sun. So there is airplanes going overboard. So if you hear a bit of noise like that, just bear in mind, he is sitting outside in the sunshine um, in L.A. So not half jealous of it. But look, (laughs) enjoy the the interview and uh, we'll catch you on the other side of it. For the latest results and details of upcoming races, go to therunnersdiary.com. I'm delighted to be joined by Kieran, um, sitting outside in a blissful sunshine. Kieran, where are you situated at the moment? It's not too bad here. I'm in um, in Venice, uh, Venice Beach, uh, west of Los Angeles. So I've been here, been living here about 20 months now, uh, okay. after nine, nine years in Portland, Oregon. Plenty of uh, rainy winter, so I'm taking in the sun and enjoying it. Jeez, it looks glorious there, no, to be fair, and we're extremely jealous here with sitting outside, looking outside in pitch dark, and you outside getting us all jealous. Thanks very much for that. <laughs> uh, you're grand, you're grand, you're welcome. No, look, thanks for coming on. Look, there's, look, I've been looking forward to this for a while, and I know um, Rory, Rory Egan, um, you know, one of the lads with the club, he's over the moon that you're on, and Rory O'Hagan, I know who's done a couple of interviews with you yeah. as well, had a message and said he said he to say a big hi to you as well because um, he yeah. said one of the nicest fellas around, he said. So, you know, there's people who are looking forward to it. Um, look, what we might just start off is obviously, look, it's it's a cork, and once the running podcast, I think we'll have to start back in your cork days. Um, yeah. I know you were obviously born in McCroom, you started running with McCroom where you won national title um, with the school. And then you moved to Leevale then after that, where, you know, you met up with there after that. Do you want to talk us a bit about that? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I you know, I started with West Musgrave um, Athletic Club. And I, I think my first my first race was the Munster Cross Country up in up in Clare. Uh, I was seven, maybe it was the under eight Munster Cross Country. I think Dave McCarthy won that day. And obviously we we had, you know, over the years, all the way to senior level, we had a, a lot of back and forth and a really good rivalry and a, and a good friendship through it. It's continued, honestly, to today. And um yeah, I, it was, you know, I kind of, t- I guess I took to it quite, quite fast. Um, you know, I was, I was really lucky. My mum, my mum put me into swimming when I was three years old and we were, you know, we were always super active. Um, obviously I grew up on a dairy farm um, in Toons Bridge near Inchigila, about six, seven miles um, west-ish of Bacroom. And um, yeah, I think just, just growing up on the farm and, and being introduced to sport at a young age, once I, once I kind of got introduced to the, to cross country, um, it felt like a natural thing and and very quickly started to see some success. And um, I guess I kind of knew, you know, I knew it even quite early on that, that um, you know, you know, there wasn't a lot of people to train with, I suppose, right out, out mm-hmm. of McCroom. I was a bit of a lone wolf um, for, for quite a while there, I guess, un- until I got to age 12, 13. And um, it felt like training with, 
with fellas that were older than me and better than me was going to bring me on and and from quite a young age also kind of had a dream of going to the US and doing the scholarship thing knowing there was a history of that in Cork um, and in Leavale specifically um, and yeah I got introduced to Durr and 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 the rest was history really he um, he really leveled me up and taught me a lot of things through my teenage years and and to this day I I, I credit not just a lot of my running my <laughs> I guess my, my running career, but honestly, the life I've been able to have with um with the guidance there there gave me through through those times. Um, so yeah, it was it was uh it was very 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 fortunate to have had mm. been able to make that jump from a crew um into Cork and grateful to have had um, a man that was willing to take me into training two or three days a week as well. <laughs> and that's it. That's the other, that's the unseen side of it, really, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I believe that. You know, it's crazy. You know, there was just there was a lot of um. It's just a lot of long nights, you know. We, we would, you know, I, I was I went to school at a car or secondary school in De La Salle College, McCroom, and I, I started in De La Salle right around, you know, the time that I started going into Leeville. And, and um, you know, I have two younger brothers, uh, Carl and Michal, um, both engineers now, both living in Cork. And, um, like, you know, my mum was really running the show <laughs> and, and keeping us all uh, mm. on the wraps and, and steered in the right direction. But for her to, um, you know, like I said, make the sacrifice to bring me into training um you know two three days a week um for my brothers to be able to support that as well and and and, and they all develop into the men they are today um they're le lending a hand uh, i was i was extremely fortunate honestly um to have that's it really was a um a support system that i i i can't thank them enough for that honestly and, and it's again all i have to do is show up and do the running right and very quickly yeah um was able to um you know there was there was lads you know at leave very quickly there was just guys that were older guys coming back from america guys that were putting their their head to the grindstone um at senior level you know and running that kind of 350 1500 at the time or whatever it was you had darren keenan you had james gruffery coming back from america and i had a big chip on my shoulder coming in from a crew and i used to drive them crazy but all i wanted to do was try and kick some lumps into those guys but i always had a always i always had someone that i could level up to you know and i was the one who was always pushing mm. the pace and the warm-up and being an idiot right yeah um but also, kind of that, 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 yeah, I, I'm glad you pointed that out because <laughs> I, I had it like a, I was having a couple of chats with a couple of people the last few days and, you know, tried to get a little bit of insight, which was hard to come by. They were all very loyal, um, but they all did say, you know, push the pace, you yeah. know, always go hard, you know, constantly. Like I was talking to Mark Henry you now as well, who I know was another um, yeah. kind of. But now Mark did stay to know that, like, you know, he beat you a lot in training, maybe not as much as in racing, but. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, look, I think that, that um, everyone, it's funny, you know, everyone has their strengths, right? Um, and even someone like Mark was an amazing guy to train with because Mark, Mark put in volume, right? And, and Durr didn't, we, we trained, it was very much a, you know, Dare had a long-term vision in mind, right? And, and I think, like, I, 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 I had success at a, at, at a, at a, you know at junior level etc but i really you know when when did i really make a breakthrough it was it was probably you know 23 my, my senior year of college at florida state and making the world final i honestly think Dare had that in mind the whole way along because even even though you know someone like mark Henry and myself trained at the same club right you know mark was was on a different program running is almost 100 miles a week mm -hmm. and i was like 20 miles a week you know there would have me come into training tuesday thursday saturday and he'd say just go on play play football or, or just just relax in between mm -hmm. i i wouldn't i you know i wouldn't run more than 20 30 minutes until i was you know even 16 17 you know my long run was maybe 50 minutes maybe an hour you know but i used to run that hard you know even there would say go but i would run those hard um and so that allowed me probably to run everything hard because i was way more rested than everybody um but there i know was thinking um he was thinking long term on it um and you know i think i think often when um 
when lads have success in underage, um, like they think, you know, everyone points at, oh, they're being overtrained, they're being overtrained. And, um, you know, really we were, we were just, we, we, we picked our moments, you know, and honestly yeah. there, whenever I was, the, the training session was in, ended up being a mad one, you know, where it was, I think by the time I was finishing secondary school, I was able to run 10 by 458 off a minute. You know, I was able to do those four minute mile pace workouts, but that was me really, I would say driving the ship and there would have been much happier with me running 62s and almost threw me off the track a couple of times. when I Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And um, would you, would you have said yourself that were you kind of, would you have been easy to coach in a uh, way no. of, no, 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 I don't think so. I, I, I you know, I, 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 I was going through, I think um, there was some stuff going on at home and, and, and just in my life outside of running that was quite, you know, I was, I had a chip in my shoulder. I was running angry, I would say, uh, a lot of the time through my teenage years. And I think I took that out on the training um, and it was kind of my my outlet to really vent a lot of the frustrations I had um, with other elements of my life and, um, you know, just going through just teenage angst, I suppose. Um, yeah. So I used to let it fly, and I know there I used to drive there crazy, but I also think that you know, you um, like it, it was also probably a characteristic that got me to the place that I was able to train at a yeah. high level later on, and so it's kind of it's a trade off, right? Like for for everything I think you 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 get in life, you give the same amount amount up for it, right? So someone who is, um, you know maybe is, is 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 exactly sticking with the plan verbatim are they ever you know do they ever then extend beyond to really push the limits down i was probably someone on the opposite end of the spectrum pushed the limits a little bit too much um and did did so through my whole career um if i probably you know if i look back now not to say that i ever live with regrets i think it's a waste of time but but um you know if i if i was to speak to um a younger version of myself or or to an athlete growing up i say just take take that uh desire to really push it and dial it back five percent even that five percent is going to okay. save you a lot you know yeah and like yeah. but it's it's it, it's also kind of for our younger athletes to look at the fact that you didn't at a young age up the mileage for just the sake of up a mileage you know you you were smart about it and they were smart about it by keeping your mileage low yeah you might have increased intensity of course like but you know the volume wasn't that heavy no and i was still you know i was still um i was still growing i mean i grew quite late like i, I was still growing um until you know until i was 23 24 almost and so like my body hadn't quite developed i think i, I had a really I had a really good engine naturally, like which meant you know, even in cross country, even though I was doing very limited mileage, like I could usually go out, I could go out hard, you know. And and um, I mean, there was times, um, I just remember there was a time, I think it was like, we used to run, you know, we used to run obviously the even age and the underage, right? So you'd go one year above you in the cross country. And then what was it? Maybe I, I read bad race in, uh, I had a bad race up in, um, in, um, in Dungarvan. We ran um, my, my own age, what have you. And I think I got beaten by Dave McCarthy, Brendan O'Neill, Rob Corbley, a couple other guys sixth or something like that and i was in good good shape going into it and i just remember right i'm going to take this out on the next cross and i went out like me and, Bre and brendan o'neill was a tough 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 runner is 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 he, he was he, say is he's, he's, he's a tough guy he's a tough he was a tough runner all the way along i just remember taking it up fucking hard and i knew those dsd guys used to run high mileage yeah um, i believed in the engine i had kind of thing and we just ran i mean we ran away from everybody so there was there was i think i had a i had naturally um you know the heart and lungs to be able to to take it to a certain point and there i think always knew that it's interesting like you 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 think someone who i think you think someone who is um who who does a lot of speed work is someone that has a lot of speed right but but actually i think there where there was very very smart was he knew that i had a heart and lungs and i didn't necessarily have amazing speed at the time because i was quite skinny and small and um just hadn't really developed but he knew to mix the quality in with that and let the heart and lungs that i had naturally kind of mm -hmm. do their thing 
um, and it was uh, it ended up being being quite a good mix. Um, and you know, to be honest, I think if it wasn't for you know I I I, I did had a bulging ended up having a herniated bulging disc my last year of secondary school, which I think caused a lot of the, the issues my first three three years of college and and wiped me out for the for the for the uh, my last year of secondary school. I think we could have done some. I mean, we were on track to do some you know go under four minutes in the mile and 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 take the fifteen hundred to a pretty interesting place. Um, had it not been for that, so I, I go back. I think that I their there's thinking was um, about as flawless as you can get for for someone uh, navigating a character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look, you know, it's, people with massive talents they always have this kind of you know wildish side to them as well, you know, and it's just just you know, yeah, it, it's up to the coach to learn how to control that. But there's obviously a lot of two-way communication between you and there and you know your coaches as you move on and like that up going up the grades as well you know to... yeah it was, it was i was just competitive as well right like i i, I just the, the thing i believe it, like, there was always the next guy you know at the end of the day you can't compensate for age and development right so so you know up until i was 15 16 17 there was always somebody to chase right mm. and somebody to be able to to kind of level up to and i I, I just felt like I had that in me the entire, all I wanted to do was knock one off and get onto the next one kind of thing, you know, and if, part of it's having a chip on your shoulder, part of it's just being a competitor, I think, and um, that drove me on. And, and um, obviously it, it brings a lot of success when you're, when you're training with, when you're, you know, 13 yeah. years old, you're training with someone who's a developed senior athlete, and then you go and run with, you know, you go and race against guys that are your own age and um, mm. a different level, you know. And then I know, obviously, you made a move to Michigan in was yeah. it 2006, wasn't it, I think, um, yeah. Yeah. in around then. Um, and was there a massive difference? I know that, and look, I've, I've listened to a few podcasts in the last few weeks of it and stuff like that. And, there, you know, Michigan is something that people forget about. And, you know, it was because you were played with injuries when you were there. Yeah. But was there a massive difference training style from, we say, your leave days to the days in Michigan and stuff like that? You know, it's funny. I think that there actually was. I mean, Ron, Ron Warhurst, coach at Michigan, um, he he actually ran a, a system that was quite similar to Dare. And and I know Dare had wanted me to. You know, I'd committed to Florida State originally. Dare had wanted me to go to Florida State. I, I changed my mind. I went to Michigan. They were running. They had athletes running unbelievable at the time. They just broken the collegiate four by mile record. Um, I I was always kind of my like I was my own guy, and I was very hard to talk me out of anything. Mm. And my philosophy at the time was, you know, it, it's been working for me right now to train with guys that are way um that are way better that are better than me right and to yeah. have someone to level up to and, and and that training group between the college athletes and the pros that were in michigan they had an established program of mile runners but they also had guys all the way up to um essentially olympic you know gold medal level which nick willis ended up doing you know by and large in 2008 right when he came silver and uh, or he came third right we got bronze but two guys in front of him now busted for drugs so so my thought was okay i just keep going on the system right i just keep you know knocking guys off right and, and training i think the issue with it was i i ended up having the herniated back disc i didn't uh at the time you know and being still growing i think i underestimated the the impact that would have downstream on other parts of my body um i ended up getting into a cycle where i was able to do the sessions with these guys but the 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 ability to recover and bounce back that I had when I was a teenager very quickly had, had dissipated through having that, you know, almost a year off yeah. disc and, and just my body being out of sorts. And so rather than seeing the benefits of um, 
you know, the sessions that I was doing, they put me in a hole that I would have to scrape my way out of. And then I dig myself back into that hole again. It's not an, it's not a knock on, uh, I would say, I look back in my career and I, I would never not, I wouldn't knock any of the coaches I was with our training partners. I think if you talk to someone like Nick Willis, he would have said, I think he had mentioned, and I, you know, I don't know if it was a podcast or an interview after I had broken through and run 34, 334 in, in 2011, he's like, I, you know, Kieran was doing these sessions back in, yeah. in his, <laughs> yeah. he was 18 years old. Problem was I couldn't ever dig myself out of the hole. Right. And, um, and uh, I think with the system, the collegiate system, I probably didn't have the confidence to go and seek out the support that maybe I would have had with their on, on a kind of a more of a one on one basis. And mm. that's not a, either a knock on Ron or anybody else. I think he had a program to run and actually did his very, very best to get me on track. But I got to a point between the cold kind of, um, you know, the, I think it was the weather just constantly Find, trying to see, okay, the next will bounce back, and the next, you know, will be able, will, will, the next cycle will be better, and it just wasn't happening. I, I felt like the, like the only way to give this a shot was to, you know, and and for it to succeed was to make a change and mm. do kind of like a clean slate build from the yeah. ground up, um, and and kind of take almost like a, you know, another six, eight, ten months to get my body back on track without the pressure. And um, thankfully, Bob Raymond at Florida State was um, open arms to welcome me. I think he saw the potential that I had. He saw. He he was building. He he wanted to take our Florida State cross country and and take it to a place that matched where the track team had been because it was it was a team that had won multiple national championships, led by sprinting and and um, we were starting to accumulate a, a very very good distance group with Mike Fout, Footlocker champion. Um, we had Matt Leader who was the best distance runner in Canada. We had Justin Harbour, uh, who I met actually in in. At a high school race in Boston back in 2006, and he had always kind of we kept in touch, and he always said, "You got to come down here. You got to come down here." And so, it felt like there was a kind of a team waiting for me that that yeah. that was going to be that would welcome me in. One, but two, um, things were kind of on the ascent, and we were kind of under the radar as, as a distance program, and it felt like a good place to come in without any pressure where I could build right um, in the heat and the warmth. And and um, Florida State is a massive football program, uh, massive resources, and from a medical support standpoint and just facilities, everything, it felt like a place I could go and um, just, 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 yeah, give, give things another and, shot. I suppose. And I know you say you don't have any regrets because of what, you know, what's the point, but at the same time, do you, would you ever look back and say, oh, Jesus, I wish I just went straight to Florida and, you know, left off Michigan, or would you think you would have progress without Michigan as well? Um, yeah, I mean, I might have, right? But like, I think there's like there's a lot of athletes, right, that that have um, that have really these steady progressions, um, you know, through college, right? So like, you know, maybe I go to Florida State, and at the time, right, I'd run three forty eight for fifteen hundred meters. My my, you know, before I hurt the disc, back disc, and and it's a good runner. But you know, maybe I go to Florida State, and maybe I run, maybe I run uh 330 you know maybe i run three 342 my first year 340 three, like maybe it's a steady progression which the likelihood was that it would have been more in that zone than this kind of stop start than a big jump but i i didn't think do i do i make the big jump in in 2011 without having the experience of of training with the nick willis and, and seeing what it took to get to that level and honestly doing those sessions because those said that 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 work doesn't go away right like like it, i i think muscle memory is a lot and i mm -hmm. think when i when I when I got to Florida State and Bob Bob said, "Hey, we're going to train you like a distance runner. We're going to get you off the track. We're going to decrease the 
the, the load on your body. We're going to finally put some volume into you and we're going to do everything on a soft surface and do tempo runs. I started doing all that training. I never got on the track, right? I, I hardly got on the track at all before I opened my season in 2011, ran 340, a solo 340, 341, I think, one of, one of the other. Um, like, like, I think that the, the, the memory, the, my, the, my muscles remember the work I had done and the quality from there through to Michigan when I was doing that tempo work. And it puts it, it came together as kind of like a, a kind of you know a, a good mixture, right? Or um, the right ingredients to to to, to bake the cake of a, of a of a good performance. So in that sense, I don't because there's a lot of athletes, like I said, who have a ton of success in their freshman, junior, senior year of college. And then where do you go, right? Because if you're if you're an Irish guy who's run three thirty three thirty seven, it's really really good, and you've been really consistent. But are you going to get a shoot contract and go on and, and be able to take it to the next level? At the end of the day, it all worked out for me, right? Like um, I was able to make the jump at the right time. Um, amazing credit to Bob Raymond for sticking with me as I came in as a broken athlete, giving me the year to first mm -hmm. year I was there, even though I was on scholarship to say, don't worry about it. Don't worry even about racing. We're going to get you back on track for your senior year. And we're going to do some great things. And I think it paid off for him with us getting second, almost winning the national championship in cross country, which was unheard of for a team that had two and a half scholarships. Assigned yeah. to this and you, you became, was it an all American then? And was it 2010? I think, um, you know, yeah. yeah, which is a massive achievement and which, you know, no, was still a massive achievement. But I think it would have been back in, you know, 2010, it would have been less numbers, you know, sessions that you had to be for an All-American than it is no, I think. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And what do you like from someone who went from racing cross country in Ireland, which is more than likely yeah. all muck and everything like that, to when you're racing cross country in the States, which yeah, from our point of view, from seeing it over here, looks like more like a golf course, fast, you know. Yeah. What's that like? You know, all of a sudden you have to run, you know, crazy times to be up in the top. Yeah, it's it's um it's you're out hard, and I honestly I I I found it easier in a way once I had the fitness under me. I mean, to me, this is how I ran. I mean, my heels never touched the ground. I I probably run like a fifteen hundred meter. I do run like a fifteen hundred meter runner. Um. I feel most natural running at about, you know, 58 seconds, 400 pace, 60 seconds. And, um, you know, we, we, we had a ton of soft surfaces at, at, at FSU where, you know, we had, we had, you know, hundreds of miles of dirt roads and clay roads around, um, around the, the, the town of Tallahassee that were marked out. And so a lot of our tempo runs were just straight out and back. We'd have the van going with us and we'd be 10 miles straight out and get picked up. Right. And so, it, it, that that type of cross country, it's not just the surface that's underneath you. It's it's the layout of the course and the fact that a lot of the time you're going to be going at least a mile in one direction, and you're not doing the stop, start, twisting and turning that you have in these European courses. Um, I liked it. I I honestly felt like as a track, you know, someone who just had the speed, had done a lot of the speed work, and as I was growing actually as well, you know, I had I had gotten quite a bit faster, and uh, my 400 time was 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 getting to the point that it was quite good for a 1500 meter runner, in spite of doing no track work. Um, like I, I, it suited me. It suited me better. I think I, okay. I, I, I mean, I've come back. You know, when I've come back to run cross country in, in Europe since I went to America, I've struggled quite a bit, um, and that's probably down to, you know, a lot to probably the way I'm training in the U.S., which again mm. is minimal turning, not much interruption, and you're just getting in a rhythm and you're able to run those, you know, 420 to 430, 420 yeah. to 440 it's, miles to the course of a race, right? You know, it is it is gas when you when you look at the NCAA's now, which I think in the last few years have come extremely popular in Ireland where everyone's watching the races, you know, yeah. a lot more yeah. than probably would have marked then. And you just see the courses and it's, they're just immaculate, but it's the times and this, 
the speed the lads are going at it is crazy. And like at the moment, yeah. obviously, you have Charlie Donovan over doing very well. You have Evan Byrne. You have, you know, Michal Power, um, you know, over in the NCAAs at the moment. And, you know, it just shows the standard when they're going over there and they're not yeah, yeah, finding it easy, you know. So, um, no, it, it is very different. So you finished Florida. You would class yeah. that as, as, as a good high. You got the, you know, All-American second in the NCAAs with the, the college and yeah. you know you decide right pro let's go yeah. Yeah. was 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 Nike the was there a few offers or was it Nike the offer or what was the yeah there was a few different offers um you know Nike was the one that our Nike was the one that um you know where there was going to be a team and a coach and a structure around things so it's kind of two options there um Oregon Nike OTC with uh, Mark Rowland and uh the Oregon project with Alberto um alberto salazar and, and steve magnus at the time um and you know that's another one where like in it's 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 kind of classic here on mode right i think okay i've i've done this um i've done this at this level now it's time for me to find the next level go and train at the next level. And I, look i i couldn't i didn't travel my career i could never dig myself out of the hole of like you have to do more you know and again, it's it's uh, I'm not someone who lives with regrets, but I can look back and, and take a look at where I probably have had missteps in my career. Um, and I think one of those um, more than I think that probably the Florida State and Michigan one was um, deciding to leave Tallahassee when I did and um, and taking the jump and going to the Oregon project because I was running unbelievably well at Florida State by kind of doing a good 90 percent of my training with the lads. And then deciding myself when I was going to turn the turn the um, turn the turn like turn the dial, you know, mm. and do that like you know with with FSU, you know, when when you know, leading in that last track season when I was running well, we would do we would do these at Florida State. We did a session called Alt Miles a lot, which was at the start of the season it would be five minute mile, six minute mile, five thirty for six miles, right, straight through, no rest. By the end of the year, I would extend that up to ten miles and be doing four forty, five forty, five minutes. Um, and essentially you're doing close to a 50 minute 10 miler by the end, but going up and down. Right. Mm -hmm. um, the, I remember like there was one t tempo run I did at summer and went with myself, David Forrester, who was ran three, he ran three thirty six that year. So he's a good runner. Mike Foud, who's again, a really, really good distance runner on the team. And we did, um, I think we did, it was, it was four forty. it was four forty five twenty, um, kind of going back and forth for six miles. And I remember I went four forty five minutes, four thirty five minutes and then my last mile i mean was with the guys and then so you know we're, we're together and the last mile i decide okay i get through the first i get through the first um you know 600 meters and i said i'm gonna turn the crank here and i you know i ended up i ended up running i think four you know 16 or 17 for the last mile and my last 800 was 159 on the road but i decided right i decided to say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, my choice to turn the dial because but yeah. i had the guys next to me and it, it was kind of on my terms and then i go away and i recover and i'm able to you know be with the lads for the next two or three sessions and go again. That worked really, really well for me, right? And if I look back at what I didn't have in Michigan, um, you know, and what I probably didn't didn't allow myself even in the Oregon project was um, um, the the ownership of being able to make the call when you want to um, when you want to turn the dial. And like for a lot of athletes, it's 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 necessary to have that. Um, you know, something to drive towards or someone mm. ahead of you, right? If you're, but, but for me at the, that time, my career was probably 
it would have been more valuable for me to continue the trajectory I was on as opposed to take the next jump and be training with Galen, Galen and Mo Farah. And yeah. I think get myself back, like it breaks the cycle again, right? Like it, 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 the hole you dig is bigger than, um, what you can fill in with recovery, right? Or, and, and I don't mean recovery from like a tiredness. I mean, from just your, your, your tendons and muscles and ligaments of which mine have been proven to be free fragile, right? So, so, um, yeah, I mean, I went to the Oregon project, uh, saw some good success there at the beginning, uh, was training really well, uh, with the guys, a lot of sessions. I've kind of talked about them in other podcasts, but stuff that was just crazy, crazy, um, was, convinced that I was going to get into the final at the Olympics and make a splash there. Definitely. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I think early in 2000, I think right after the race in Boston, I won the, I think it was, uh, called, I don't know it was called the new balance Grand Prix or Boston yeah. or games back then. Um, I, um, Mo Farah fell and, and I ended up, um, winning that race and it's like, okay, great. We're, we're, let's rock and roll here, you know? And, um, yeah, I just remember the, the week afterwards, I just started feeling this faint, um, pain in my Achilles and, and, uh, it, one, once, once that was there, it did not disappear for yeah. a number of years really. Um, and so, you know, at what point, at what point during that autumn as things were going amazing, did that, um, uh, it's, it's like in a, you know, it's like in a video game when you're, when your recovery bars gets low, right? <laughs> you're, not, you're not, you're never stopping. You're never stopping to charge enough. Yeah. It replenishes. You're constantly on the red line. Right. Um, at some point during that training cycle, um i i let that deplete too much and again i don't look back at any of programs i've been in and i'll never assign what you call it blame or or cause to um you know a coach or 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 or, or a program i think at that age particularly i'm an adult i've been through enough disappointment and and good times through that to understand what works and what doesn't i made the choices uh, and at that time i probably chose the option that um was harder in my body than I needed, I suppose. Mm. That makes and, I, sense. and I suppose as well, though, I think when you're under contract, which you are, and like obviously, and you know, you're you're there, you're like, right, I have to try to perform. So you're going to push yourself beyond your limits to try to impress everybody around you to make sure that you get your contract again the next year. Because obviously, like, you know, it's not like a soccer where you sign a five year deal, you know, it's year yeah. on year with all these deals. So you have to try to perform every year to the best of your ability yeah. to keep it going, you know. so yeah. Yeah, I, I must. I mean, I must say, Nike stood by me for quite a few years. I and honestly, again, I could look back and I could say, yeah, there was the pressure on it. But honestly, I think they gave me a lot of room to brew, to breathe. Ben Cesar, who was a Nike Sports Marketing at the time, John Capriotti, um, were were very, very, very supportive. Supported me moving from the Oregon uh, OT uh, from the Oregon project to to Mark Rowland to kind of um, see if I could get back into training with the kind of guys who were mm. kind of at, at my level in the fifteen hundred meters and. Um, um, you know, I, you know, for, for an athlete that really was very stop start from 2011, when I signed to 2016, when I retired, um, I gotta say they stuck by me for a long time. Um, and, and, and I give them a lot of, a lot, a lot of, a lot of credit for that. For me, it was just, I think, uh, just it's personality, it's character. Yeah. It's the, you know, the guy, the guy that I was, um, <clears throat> same, same guy that made it very hard for Dirt Donovan to coach back in Newville, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. some, there's some, he, some, he uh, never went away. Some consistent threads are running through there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, obviously, you, as you said, there you retired then in two thousand and sixteen, was it? Yeah, yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah. So, I you went off. You continued working with Nike, I think, after that, yeah. wasn't it? So you were working away. I think was 
what was the role behind it from 2016 yeah, with so Nike? Then an, I, I, uh, an Irishman, Kieran Ronan, brought, brought brought me into the Nike fold on the work side. He's from Limerick, uh, amazing guy, amazing guy, um, mentor of mine through work, work and outside of work now for for quite a few years, and um, um, he was heading up the Nike footwear operate the operation side of the Nike footwear business, um, and I came in uh, kind of just in a, a operational role, supporting a lot of the product managers and footwear teams that were building product. I built kind of a, a good passion for for, for um, building shoes and 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 wanted to run a footwear business. Um, um, from when I, I had been injured at Nike and was um, kind of helping out and learning from footwear developers up at Nike HQ and the running footwear site, Chris Cook, developer of a lot of Nike's best best spikes and and uh, the marathon shoe Vaporfly and Alpha, um, the Alpha Fly, had 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 kind of gained a lot of insight from them and so this is kind of what I want to do. And Kieran got my foot in the door and um, had an opportunity to quite quickly to pivot to the Jordan brand, um, which is Michael Jordan's line. Um, the brand that that stemmed yeah. from um, the Michael Jordan's playing the basketball shoes. Um, and not a bad, not a bad brand to stem to. No, it was, it was fun. <laughs> and, and it was at the time. It was really cool. It was um, that you know they were looking to expand beyond performance basketball, um, and they had a training shoe, a gym shoe, and they wanted to build a running product for NFL. Um, major league baseball, essentially um, major, you know, ball sports, mm-hmm. athletes conditioning for those, and and um, it was really cool. It was in, it was it was it was the ability to to own projects, uh, built, you know, uh, creating shoes that um, would one serve the best athletes in the U.S. across a number of sports, but two, uh, do something totally new for the brand and and kind of for 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 a, a traditional basketball brand, and then merge you know merge together. Um, kind of culture music um uh, the sport of basketball sports football baseball hip-hop you know all the you know all the way to the sport of running right uh, yeah. it was in just really interesting um really really interesting you growth. can still see that nowadays with you know with the likes of the soccer teams now with jordan you know yeah. with jordan and their jerseys and you see lebron now coming in with you know clubs like liverpool and stuff like that and there is that influence of moving over now to you know totally different sports and things like that um mm-hmm. But 2020, mm. you you decided to make the comeback, and uh, I have I've never seen so much podcasts in my life in around 2020. You must have been up the walls, um, with doing podcasts about coming back. Yeah, and you know I was listening to a nice few of them, and obviously we'd go through it briefly here. Now was the reasoning behind it and things like that as well. Mm. Um, so it was lockdown really that became it became your project then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, pandemic had hit and I was in Portland. I was drinking too much, definitely. <laughs> and just I, I looked, I was like, man, I don't really want to spend um, the next, the next, uh, you know, I don't know how long this is going to go. But I, 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 if we're going to be locked down, I'd rather be locked down somewhere where I can, you know, be active and um, um, just kind of get out of the gray. It was a gray winter in Portland, I remember at the time. And, um, you know, it, I always had a thought in my mind, like, oh, what if I come back and I do something, you know, on running? Um, and it just felt like the right time to 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 give it a shot, knowing that up in Flagstaff you're kind of remote and rural anyway, and you're ever locked down. And um, it would wait wait for me to to live a healthy lifestyle for a few months. And um, and I called up Stephen Hass, and he's like, oh yeah, come up. And at the beginning there was no there was no goal behind it as such. Um, but and, you know I was in very very bad shape. You know I, I remember I had my first run there. We went for like a four mile jog at a, you know eight minute pace or something like that, and I could barely queue. I couldn't. I had to stop. I think in the middle of the run is. You know, it was not. I didn't run. I really hadn't run more than you know a couple of days in a row, you know, for five, for five, five, four or five years, right? Four years. Um, 
and um but yeah quickly i started kind of getting in a rhythm of things and finding um i was running decent sessions and i was keeping up with the lads and um stephen was getting quite invested and and i kind of thought shit maybe i maybe i do this for a while and um you know nike kind of supported it sending me sending me gear and, and kind of saying hey well, you know give this a shot and i i um yeah it was it was it just kind of developed and then very quickly kind of obviously there's people that you're in photographs and um people notice it that you're that you're up there and so people are asking questions and i was like fuck it yeah maybe i give maybe i'm giving give it a go for next year in tokyo and see what see what see what i can do um you know it's it's funny like the it it was it was it was crazy the, t the times in the sessions i was doing on paper were quite good and i was doing some really good runs and um i i i believed that things were going to where i could make some type of a splash mm. but and and i definitely the folks around me i think were kind of like oh shit kieran's kind of back like, this is crazy you know especially the guys that, that i'd not trained against um you know when i was actually a half decent runner and and like my first go around um they came back up and they saw me as who the hell is this guy you know you can barely run to my <laughs> run all of a sudden i'm just running with them right um so you know it seemed like it was trending in a good direction but I don't I think there was never a time that I through that whole 2020 that I was able to basically feel like I had it on okay. command like I used to that I was able to get that I had you know when when I was at my best in 2011 you just felt like you could shift through the gears effortlessly you know I could go from 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 third to fifth bang easy you know and drop down yeah. from drop, drop from 430 pace down to 356 mile pace in a session like easy and and everything was everything was hard and I I, I found there was I, I would hit these kind of plateaus um i would have some sessions that i would drop from um just exhausted i was you know, i i wasn't the same and, and understandably right i wasn't in the same physical condition to, to recover as i would have been um back say in the 2011 and i picked up covid in in february of of 2021 and that and i remember training through it the first couple of days idiot classic here on move again up the flags that freezing cold i said Fuck it i i don't have the time basically right if i want to make this happen i don't have the time to take yeah. the time off i'm already four years behind everybody right um and that took a bigger toll on me than i think i mm. i i yeah i would have imagined it would and i wasn't the same after i had gotten after i after that bout of COVID, and i i started looking at you know i started looking at what guys were running um i started looking at where my sessions were and it just didn't feel like um it didn't feel like i could go back and do something that i hadn't done before already like am i yeah. going to go back into and, and, and make a final um in this am i even going to make it like i think it was very it was at that point it was going to be a, a pretty tall order um and uh yeah I, I i ended up stepping away from from training seriously and i think it was it was it was it was disappointing for me i think it was disappointing for a lot of people who probably bought into the journey i haven't talked about it a lot um, other than kind of letting folks know, hey, you know, you know, COVID happened and um, didn't feel like I was the same afterwards. Sometimes I feel like I probably owe a, 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 a deeper explanation, really, of, of the reasons for stepping away. But on, honestly, there was nothing. It was nothing more than already feeling like my back was against the wall with trying to get there, not feeling like I had the that natural like like switch just to switch it on yeah to switch it on and it not being that every session was a battle to just yeah kind of go and then covid knocking you just that mm -hmm. much off tilt where it it the window just felt like it closed for me yeah. um and i i guess you know I, I i i the support from everyone was unbelievable um i i'll, I'll be grateful for that for a long time mm -hmm. um 
and um, you know, I kind of wish, but there's a thing you know, I, I wish, I wish maybe it could have ended. Of course, it could have ended uh, a little differently, but um, it was actually, to be honest, beyond the results that came out of it, an amazing way to spend lockdown and deepen my friendship with um, my coach agent Stephen Haas, uh, who took an amazing bet on me. He's an unbelievable guy, and um, he's seeing the he's seeing the success of that type of investment. That 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 he requires nothing in return, other for, than for you to show up every day. He's seeing that success now. Uh, or the return of that investment with the success he's having with a lot of athletes. And that makes me very, very yeah. um, happy to see that um, mm. uh, every, you know, he he's uh, more than due that type of reward because he's an unbelievable guy. And so um, I can take joy in, you know, and even all those guys I trained with in that, in that year, I see them doing so well and, and I can take joy in that. I'm not someone who looks at it and says, oh, I kind of, I wish it could be me or whatever. Yeah. And like, um, unfortunately COVID had like, like the amount of high, you know, profile athletes that have got it and you know have suffered from it is quite high as well you know they seem to yeah. t- it seems to take an effect on them a lot more than we just say sometimes the average person as well um yeah definitely. well i think th- th- you're dealing you're dealing with um you're dealing with tight margins right you're dealing with um you're dealing with tenths of a second hundreds of a second right so yeah. someone if you know or, or i would say you know the, the small percentages or fractions of percentages and so you know, at the end of the day, if you're if you're um if you're if you're in the fifteen hundred meters, if you're losing one percent, one percent is significant, right? Very, very significant. Yeah. Because it's one percent for the, the the average person that's um doing exercise here and there, you know, or they're living what you would call a quote unquote normal life. Um, they might not notice the one percent as much as an athlete would yeah. notice it. For me, it was very noticeable because I was already at the point to where I needed every percentage to get yes. yeah. um, where I wanted to go. And and so it just put it out of scope for me um and as well like i i knew you know i'd made quite a big effort to i i well i'd i've been able to transition fairly seamlessly from running into a career um you know business and marketing through the lens of footwear and um i i also didn't really want to chase in vain uh something that started to feel like it was starting to go out of scope and start you know step away from from a career for more than you know a year um and and kind of kick myself or hurt myself on the back end with that as well because yeah. I, I think it's much diff- it's much more difficult to enter the workforce as an athlete when you're in your early mid 30s and it was when I did it at 28 you know it gave me a window to start building and um you know continuing that today as well um yeah and so exactly. it, you know making it was it was a call made in the moment again you get what you give up you 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 give up um you give up the you give up the dream, right? The dream that you chased through, through lockdown. But I look back now and I think probably from a practical standpoint it was the right call. Um um I was already on the edge and 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 mm. it started to look like it was gonna be like I told you um a stretch to make it. But that's know. that's what seems like a classic Kiran as well, you know, to reach for something that is is that stretch and try to push it push the limits to it, you know, and unfortunately it didn't work out. But at least you gave it a lash and you gave it a go. You didn't yeah. you didn't do any races around that time, Kieran. Was it all just was it no was it like time trials? I did some pacing, I did a couple of time trials um um in Arizona and it was mostly sessions based. Like guys, we were trying to wait, you know, we were we were trying to get the body to the the place where I could get on the line and 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 put a good one in. And like I said, it was just I never felt like I got it fully to the place where I could do the I could I, I could do good sessions, mm. but it would take a toll, you know, okay. and it would be hard, hard running to do a session that I think at some point should have felt like it was it was going to be 
to to run to run the 334 35 that i needed to run to to get in um it was going to have to feel a little bit easier than it yeah. felt you know it was yeah. Yeah. um so that's the official retirement part yeah. two then. yeah I don't um, think I ever officially retired part two. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, the yeah. unofficial retirement part now, two. Now, went my, now, my, now, now my four miles at, at seven seven minute pace in Venice is my is my training. So yeah, so like points that's what I have. I have a question in there at the moment. Yeah. Is like, is literally what what does a, a week of running now seems like for Kira now at the moment? Yeah, it's, there's been very little of it in the last year, year, year and a half. Honestly, it's it's been um, I've been full on with work and life in LA is is a lot going on. Um, I live about a half a mile from Muscle Beach, um, um, in Venice, so I, on the boardwalk. So honestly, I, I I I'll I'll put my runners on. I'll jog I'll jog to Muscle Beach a couple of times a week, and I'll do what I, I call uh, the convict workout, <laughs> prison yard, which is pull ups, push ups um, uh, in the sandbox. Uh, they just have a bunch of pull up bars and dip bars, mm. etc. And I kind of just do a full body workout with, uh, I'll do it with John Jefferson quite a bit, uh, uh, another ex-OTC runner who lives here in Venice and call it the old man's running club. We'll reminisce on in the good old days and how, how decrepit we are now. Um, um, but that's good. I, I, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not, I can't, I can't uh, pretend that I'm doing any running of significance at the moment, but mm. um, I was actually, I just did a kind of a, we have a backyard here. You saw a little bit of it, our backyard. Yeah. And that's, we, we have a little mini gym that we set up here as well, myself and my roommate, Christian. And, um, yeah, yeah, I, I do. Look, I do enough to keep the body ticking over, but definitely I'm not, I'm not, uh, there's no, no running goals. You're not, yeah. Just, just for anyone listening to Kieran did yeah. move from the backyard into the house. So I got a little bit of cribs there <laughs> when he was walking into the house there a few seconds yeah. ago. Um, so just, I go, I've got a couple of questions. I'll just throw the match there. Um, yeah. no, we might've covered somebody. So if we have, we can just, passing by people so next one was what's the hardest part of the unofficial retirement of, of retiring do you think for yourself what has been the hardest part of it um i think finding the mental balance um without the 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 schedule of you know putting yourself through kind of a physical toll of hard sessions and and mileage and i think you know for me i lived a lot of my life um you know, considering my normal state, mental, you know, men mental state being relaxed and calm, but it was that with uh, this running, right? So in, 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 um, in, with that removed, I think you have to, or you're not, you're, even if I'm able to run every day, I'm not, I'm not gonna be able to do it at the intensity that I did it during the time I was training hard, right? So you have, you have to reevaluate your normal um, and try and sub in healthy mm. habits that can, um, that can that can compensate for the fact that you are going to be thrown out of sorts having removed with this this part of your life that you did for 20 years is taken away you know and and that's a that's a uh still in a, a source of your phase of exploration of what that looks like because uh there's 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 good times and bad times with that yeah. and I, there, there's times I've, I've i've struggled a lot with um i would say not having that that anchor um running is that anchor um cornerstone around which you're you can wrap the rest of your life around um that's probably the hardest part um but being aware of it building healthy habits and routines um you know as best you can to to mitigate is is um is what you can do and i think being honest talking to folks about it you know other athletes yeah. have been through the same thing and um yeah that but that's probably the hardest mm. and like do would you have no you know would you would your diet now be important now because of the fact you're not running as much obviously and you know you don't want to lose the shape and stuff like that <laughs> that's 
funny, man. My diet, I even laugh here, like at my in, um, in Venice, like I, I eat whatever I want. I literally, like my diet is, not to say my diet's terrible, but I have zero conscience on, on my, mm. my diet whatsoever. I should have more, but I, 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 very, I can't really put on weight. It's possible for me. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I, I can get away for at least for now, I'm 30, 34 years old. I can get away with a lot. Yeah. Um, the toll that it takes inside, I'm not quite sure. I probably need to step up a little bit, but no, it's interesting. I, it's not something I think about as much as you'd imagine. Yeah. No, so I've just said the co-host Brian here. He's he's actually had a cork hurling match tonight, so that's why he's missing it tonight. Um, like Brian now is forty-five, and you know he might might give him some advice there for you know healthy eating for himself <laughs> and something. <laughs> um, yeah. Next one, there, Kieran. Um, what skills, um, have you from from your athlete, your athletics days? You know, has helped you in your new career. Now, you obviously, sorry, just before we get into this, you left Nike in. Was it 2000? Uh, 2021. 21. And now you're with a new company you now. Yeah, yeah. So I lead um, brand marketing, partnership marketing for uh, Vizio, which is uh, a lot of folks in Ireland wouldn't be very familiar with them. Um, their home entertainment brand began as a TV and soundbar brand in the US to grow to be one of the top selling brands, number one in soundbar in the US, I think, and uh, number two or three in TV. Um, and it kind of evolved. We went, we went public uh, in 2021. And um, have transitioned to being more of an holistic entertainment brand. We have, if, if folks in Ireland are familiar with like a Roku or an Amazon Fire Stick, we have a built-in smart TV platform that it again okay. has top tier streaming apps and we build our own, uh, we have our own content playing on our own, um, our own you know, free cable, free channels app, Watch Free Plus. And so, yeah, it's been a really, really uh, interesting uh, change, change, of, change of industry, I suppose. Um, a really cool challenge coming into a company that's, uh, I would say, transitioning from being a whole a consumer electronics brand to a, a, what you call a full tech brand like uh entertainment brand and um ton of opportunity um companies growing and uh it's it's a place where you know nike is such a massive machine the work you do is really really cool but the impact the impact on the overall state of the business is probably less just because mm. it's so big right um dead Vizio, to be able to um build campaigns and tell stories and, and strike partnerships that can really um influence the trajectory of the brand is, is really cool so um had wanted to prove for a while that i could do the marketing thing outside of sport um and uh this is yeah it's been it's been fun full on full on though will, will we see here. a super will we see a super bowl ad no in the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the yeah, quite close. Uh, we're not going to do a broadcast Super Bowl ad, but I'm going to be at the Super Bowl for two. We're going to do two events at the Super Bowl next week. Oh, um, and that's been my life, actually, for the past uh, three weeks, four weeks. has been um, getting everyone corralled, getting the team ready, um, getting the pieces in place to make to make a splash out there. Um, I don't know. When, when is this podcast airing? Uh, it will be. Well, I actually might put it out as a special next week, I think. OK, so perfect. Yeah. Before the Super be Bowl, yeah. Yeah, 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 before the Super Bowl, I won't, I won't let on exactly what we're gonna do there, but it's, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be. <laughs> well, I gonna... do you know what? I'll wait till the week after. So go on. So you can tell us. Yeah, I'll wait till the week after. Yeah, we're going to, uh, we're going to do, we're gonna, we're gonna launch a new feature at, um, at Rob Gronkowski Super Bowl party, uh, which is gonna be really, really cool. Um, I've struck a good relationship with, with, uh, with, uh, um, Rob's brother Glenn on a couple of different projects actually, and um, really excited to work with him next week. Um, and then we're gonna be, um. Doing an event at the stadium as well, uh, pre-game, which I'm really, really excited about, um, tailgating type of scenario. So it's cool to get, you know, to get Vizio um, front and center at a at a an event like that is. Um, mm. um, it's a it's a new it's a 
kind of new a step a good step step in a really yeah. cool direction for the brand and um yeah it's good things coming so a lot of I, a lot of a lot of prep uh a lot of prep for oh, massive uh, i'd say yeah yeah and, yeah. and, and jesus no i appreciate even more that you taking the time to do this are you actually going to get into the game are you going to get into the game are you getting into it uh, do you have a ticket for the game as well or yeah, I, 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 these things I always figure out on the ground. It's all good. <laughs> like, the, the, that's not the priority for me. Priority for me is we, we, we get the events off of those. That's it, exactly. Yeah, folks have fun and um, wherever you see the game, be it at the stadium or be it at the airport bar. Uh, so yeah, be it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we go to the next one. Um, do you ever think you you lost to someone in a race? who, you know, you thought was dope and you don't have to give any names, obviously, or anything like that. But, you know, in a race, you think you should have won or you should have finished higher. You know, have you ever had doubts about yeah. the people around you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I'm not going to say who. No, of course, yeah, I don't. We, we don't want any lawyers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's, 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 look, hopefully yeah. they seem to be clamping down on it, but yeah, no problems. Um, I mean, there's, most, you know, there's, there's been, I'll go into, I mean, look, I, I wasn't ever somebody that looked around and looked at doping, looked at doping in that way. I, I'm saying that to you now is I, I kind of, I would run those races and afterwards I'd say, oh, probably it never something that really got to me or mm. ate away at me, but, um, I'm also not naive, right? Um, like look at the, look, even at my world championships and look at the world champs in 2011, when I came 10th in the final and take a look at the, the list of guys in front of me. Right. Um, you know, there's a few guys who've been done and there's a few that, you know, there's a few question marks over, right? Um, and so, yeah, def, def, definitely. But it's not something I would say that eats away with me, really. Yeah, you're not sitting back and lying in bed and going, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, like, like, There's a lot more, lot more to worry about. It's like, 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 like super, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, most important moment of your career? Wow. You can, you can look at, you can think about that question through a few different lenses, yes. you know, um, the world final in Daegu was a big one. Um, the European final in the, in the indoors in 2013, where I was in very, very, very good shape and really, you know, probably, you know, a couple of better race decisions. And I, I think I, 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 I could take that one. Um, you know, one that I always look back on as, as one of my favorite moments of my career was a conference track meet ACC championships 2011, when I, I think I actually put myself on the radar of, you know, brands like Nike before running 334. I, I, I beat Robbie Andrews and a bunch of other good ACC runners in the 1500 and 340. And I came back uh, with, you know, an hour later and I ran 1350 in the 5k. Um, that was a big day, a really, really fun day because Virginia Tech were um and if i were to say were really really competitive and the virginia tech had the best 5k runner um in the conference by quite a ways and to double back and beat him and get us enough points to win the meet it was just this really cool intersection of mm. kind of personal and team achievement that um still stands out to me uh to this day as probably one of my favorites of my career so i'll, I'll put that one down as, as a big one that's good that's good enough for me um so all right that's i'm sorry now i'm just going through these are as they're right in front of me um so this one i think what advice would you give to a young runner maybe looking to get a scholarship to the states at the moment um well train smart um listen to your coaches uh trust in your talent and and and, and um do your homework with respect to mm. what you need to do to get there from an academic standpoint from a from a, um, you know, obviously from an athletic standpoint, but, um, you know, 
do your homework around each each school and each program. There's there's a lot more resources out there now, like you mentioned. I think the NCA system has a lot higher of a profile in Ireland than it did when I was there. Like I was reading track and field news magazines, you know, and yeah. kind of like comparing a lot of the time um, as as to what might be the best place. But I think I think there's a bigger understanding now of like what schools are in the Power Five conferences, for example. What schools are kind of at, what mm. what athletic departments. Um, budgets are, are bolstered by a really you know high level football program and tv contract that stuff's important uh, coaching is important as well obviously and that's probably the co coaching is 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 the key key core element alongside of academics if, if you're going as well to obviously get a degree that's going to be useful for you um, which you should be um, but on top of that understanding the athletic department how it's structured um, whether it's going to have the budget and resources to support you from a medical standpoint, from a travel standpoint, to the right races is is really really important. And what are the what are as as a distance runner, what's the what's the infrastructure uh, like to, uh, top? Uh, what would you say a uh, top topographically? Or what's what's the layout of the town? What are the mm, trails? What's yeah. the what, how are you, at the end of the day like? Look, during your athletic career, uh, for those four years, you're going to be spending the most of your time in the classroom and on the trails. You know, um, what does that look like? And, and Google Maps is a great thing for that now to, to, yeah, to go yeah, around yeah. and just look at everything. Again, you yeah. wouldn't like back in you know when you went and stuff like that. You know that wasn't a possibility. Like Eva no. Cook, one of the girls I trained with, she said she went when she went to college. She had no idea even where she was going. It was just a matter of go. Where yeah. now you can look up so much information about the town and the cities and everything before you get out there. Yeah. Um, so I think the most important thing is do your homework, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And ask, you know, ask you know your 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 teammates and your coach are going to spend more time with them than anybody else mm. you know through the course of those four or five years and um it's a very very important developmental uh period for for not just athletes but humans from when you're 17 yeah. 18 years old so you're 22 and 23 mm -hmm. and you want to be steered and shepherded in the right way with the right values um um and, and, and be surrounded by people that are just going to make you yeah. better as a person. And so you can get a good read from that just by talking to people, to chat to guys in the team, talk about the team culture, um, you know, talk to the coach about the team culture. What do they believe in? What are their values as a person, a human being? Um, uh, it, it might sound, that might sound like, I don't know, I, you know, I'm diving, I'm, I'm getting away from the pure sport element of it. But at the end of the day, like, I just know I've always been happiest when, it, you know, I've always ran best when other elements of my life um, are, are rock and roll and and yeah. um and and the people you have around you from a value standpoint are really really important for it, that, it so. just means you don't have to worry about things and you know you yeah. just go out and just run and you don't have to second guess anything and yeah. you trust the person next to you and you trust your coach and off you go yeah. um i won't keep it much longer now because i know Grand, it's, yeah. it's the middle of the day and you want to get out so you see some sunshine um <laughs> so lastly obviously at the moment if you look at your instagram account you would yeah. see a lot of music yeah. DJing, yeah. fashion. <laughs> is that the the pastime now? Is that the you know, is that the thing that's you know kind of replaced running ever so slightly? Uh yeah, a little bit, I would say. Um nothing will ever replace running. Well, um, yes, of course. Yeah, but you know but, but um yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's fun. I I've wanted to be able to to cut my teeth into something that's not work related. Um Kind of gives you a break from the the stresses of the nine to five and and also just puts you in a creative zone that you know I wasn't I didn't really necessarily have the time to operate and when I was an athlete you know and I I'd started you know I'd gone to Burning Man for the first time in 2017 and decided like a lot, lot, lot long after that oh shit I wouldn't mind just trying to 
messing around on the decks and and uh, just as a hobby and pastime honestly mm -hmm. i had i kind of had listened to so much music when i was running you know professionally because you're on your own you've headphones in for another 10 miles and you're doing that you know over and over and over again that i had a library of the sound that i liked um and wanted to kind of build on it and it transitioned into the style of music that i play there was um a good, good friend of mine in LA, in here in los angeles was um building out this event called cast off um and we ended up syncing up and uh it's been really cool we, we do an event once a month in downtown los angeles we uh take over a kind of a warehouse on a on skid row which is kind of a rough part of los angeles but uh kind of a blank um a little bit of a blank canvas for you to do whatever okay. you like um um and yeah we have a lot of fun we we bring the sound system in we bring djs in and um um we actually have an event tomorrow um so as we we don't usually do events on sundays because it makes feel it keeps those mondays quite uh, <laughs> but um um I'll, I'll i'm gonna say pretty sensible uh big week ahead for me yeah, um be a good boy uh, <laughs> but uh yeah yeah it's it's exciting it's it's a good it's it's a cool outlet for me and an amazing community um a lot of my friends here in 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 in, uh, in Los Angeles are um, quite international due to the, I would say the the house music or techno mm. techno scene. It's quite a European and diverse group. I I live with um, you know a, a German music composer and and um, and a Korean that are all in, so in that community. I feel like we live in almost a commune of sorts um, here in Venice, but um, very very cool. Um, what you would call a family away from home. Um, to have here in LA, and I'm I'm, I'm very very grateful for that, especially in a, in a city like Los Angeles, because I I think a lot of people can come to the city and get caught up in the wrong crowd or find it very difficult because a lot of people in LA, you know, LA is it's it it in some ways fits a lot of the stereotypes mm. that people give it, which is everyone here is kind of on their own personal journey towards um, making it in something, and it can be very hard for for people to I've I've found it talking to people that haven't found their groove here that getting a community um, that really cares, that feel like it is that family that supports you can make things very, very difficult and isolating. And so, yeah, music uh, has given me that and I'm very, very grateful for it. And as you can see with between that and the sun you saw outside, um, it's a, it's not a bad life here, so. Not a bad spot. Now, we started with Cork, we'll bring it back to Cork yeah. to definitely finish it. Do you get back to Cork much off at the moment? Would uh, like, do you have plans of getting back to Cork soon or anything like that? Just yeah, I was in uh, I was in Berlin, Germany, and Poland last summer. Um, with with uh, actually my LA crew, we all flew over and met some of our friends that live in Berlin, and we went to Poland for a little bit uh, in last summer. And then I cruised to Ireland for a week afterwards. Amazing! I hadn't been there in a couple of years. I went there a lot when I was racing. Um, when I was racing professionally, I used to be able to pop up, pop by, you know, after a race. If I was racing, training in Belgium, or if I was doing a race in, in mainland Europe, I'd be able to pop over. It's been very, very hard, you know, between the pandemic and mm. just work being crazy, living on the west coast of the US. It's been a little bit longer than I would have liked prior to last year to go. But my brother's getting married in June um, at this this year, so um, going back for that. Very, very excited for him, Cahill. Um, marrying his fiance Kate, um, she's amazing. So very, very excited for that. And my brother Michal, my youngest brother, so I have two younger brothers, Kahal and Michal, Kahal the middle guy, Michal the youngest. Um, he's gonna come over in April here for uh, for uh, two weeks. So we're gonna cruise around LA and I I just got us a shift pod, which is this crazy big um, spaceship looking tent situation. So we're gonna take it off this couple of national parks and go camping and um, let him see some of the US. Cause the cool thing about California as well, like 
you're you're in such close proximity to so much great nature. Oh, right, yeah. The beach is right here, but we have Joshua Tree National Park close by and Yosemite and Zion's not too far. Um, so uh, that'll be fun. Uh, it's it's spectacular, nice spectacular nice part of the world. I was there nearly 10 years ago now in Yosemite yeah. and all down to LA and stuff like that. And it's just spectacular. It's, you know, it's definitely a place to rent a car and just go. Yeah. Nothing will be nothing. Nothing will be Cork, but uh, yeah, it gets. Well, it gets we'll have we'll have the boy pass out to Limerick soon. And, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, uh, and declarely, they they be the ones once they're done. You know, they won't compete. Kieran, thank you very much. Appreciate it, man. It's um, great to chat with you. thanks for taking the time. And um, look, hopefully, when you come back in, you know, June for the win, we'll try to catch up for a run or something like that. Yeah, and definitely, you know, definitely, definitely I would uh, be, be good to catch up. The leave out crew um, well, yeah so exactly know. yeah we could we we'll, we'll send a call out we might do a, a group run or something like that we'll do eight minute miling for you don't worry we'll be we'll be nice to you <laughs> no, I'll, start, I'll, start, I'll start my tra training program now so Cook, we'll, we'll go we'll go six miles so ease into it now at the moment <laughs> all right perfect man it was great chatting with you have a good right. rest of your week thanks right. very much so cheers awesome. thank awesome. you for the latest results and details of upcoming races go to therunnersdiary.com so that was Kieran. Uh Thanks very much for um, uh, for Kieran for coming onto the show. Uh, as I said, extremely generous with his time. He you know, spoke so highly of you know his coaches as he was growing up. Um, he you know he's in fairness from a man who's had unbelievable talent. And no, it's very strange to hear him say that he runs about three times a week at about four miles a week at about eight minute miley, you know, and it is very unusual. And he's quite honest about, you know, the hardships that he's had along the way as well. So, you know, hope people enjoy that. Um, I know Brian actually hasn't even heard it yet. Um, so he's going to get it. A, 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 yeah, he can't comment yet. So he'll get to enjoy it himself um, over his cup of tea tomorrow. So. Yeah. I, no, look, I, I am really looking forward to it because I've heard a lot about Karan's previous interviews as well that he's done and he seems to be an intriguing character. So, yeah, be a good one to listen to. Yeah, and we cover Cork in it. Um, we do. And in fairness to him, he has said he, he's coming home in June. Um, you know, so he has said that, you know, we try to organise a run if we can. And, you know, we, we might try to do that as even a little group thing or something like that. Yeah, sounds good. So again, thanks to everybody for this week. Uh, again, keep sharing the Runner's Diary podcast and again, keep in, in, interacting with us, I suppose, as best you can. Again, a reminder of our competition this week. So our competition is to win two entries to the Mallow 10 Mile Road Race. That takes place on March the 26th. All you have to do is share the podcast post and comment with who you would like to be yeah, the other winner of the entry, I suppose, is the best yeah. way to do it. Yeah, and yeah. again, huge thanks to Mallow SC for supporting us there um, and a good few clubs have come on board like that um, so and I know I know there is one or two others again who have offered us placings at races as well yeah we have more competitions coming up but with that look thanks very much everyone for listening like and subscribe and um, we'll catch you next week cheers bye bye thank you for listening to the Runner's Diary podcast Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or from your podcast provider. Follow us on social media. And until next week, happy running.